and uh, some here that we miss and kind of reached out to today, a few praying for those that aren't here, and keep on praying for everything that uh, we regularly tell you that uh, just ministries that are going on here, things we're trying to do, just reach out and help people see God's God's alive and working, amen? Praise the Lord, so thank you for your prayers. I feel more than ever just the importance that that it's all of us working together, praying, just reaching out to God. It's God that's doing the work, amen. If anything good is getting done, it's because of God, but... But he'll use your prayers. He'll use your encouragement. He'll use uh, your uh, your labors to to glorify him. So God bless you for all you do. Second Thessalonians two. If you have it, say amen. amen. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you again for your love. Thank you for the Bible, the truth of your word, God. It's not in our traditions. It's not in our preferences, God. It's in, Lord, this, your word. And I pray that you would help us today as, Lord, your word is sown into our hearts. Let it find good ground. Lord, let uh, help us, I pray, to hear your word, Lord, and to just push away every distraction. And God, to just receive it and... Lord, that it would affect us, that it would change us, that it would, Lord, work on us and make us more of what we ought to be. We love you. We thank you, Lord. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Somebody say in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Second Thessalonians 2, verse 1 says, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, That you be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us, as the day that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means. Listen now, for that day shall not come except there be a falling away first and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. God bless you. You can be seated. Well, it's already been said here a few times. We're not here because uh, I'm a good storyteller or a good public speaker. We're not here because of a company line or uh, somebody emailed me just uh, today. This morning I got an email from somebody, uh, just a mystery person from the website, and said, uh, I, I want to see your statement of faith. And I said, well, we believe the Bible. And if you have any specific questions, we'd love to answer those. And uh, we don't have some kind of company line that says this is what our brand believes. We just go to the Word of God. And if uh, if you can show us where we're off, hey, you're helping us out. We want to know God. Amen. I know there's a lot of people, and I don't want to spend a lot of time on this because we really do have uh, uh, something God's led us in. But as I read this, I know there's a lot of people that have lost confidence, a lot of garbage, and I'll just say it very bluntly, garbage online, um, just saying, well, you can't trust the Bible. Uh, you know, that's man, and, and man messes everything up, you know, and man does mess things up. But, you know, God has protected his word. He promised us that his truth would endure to all generations. And I know a lot of people say, well, I know this book, and it's an old book. It goes back before some of the Gospels even, and, and it says, you know, Jesus had a wife, or this happened, or that happened. And, you know, Paul is telling us right here, 
don't get too worked up. There's a lot of liars out there saying I wrote things that I didn't write. Yeah, that's right. That's what he says. Don't be soon shaken in mind or troubled, neither by spirit nor by word. I know. Uh, I'm not saying there aren't some conspiracies because religion is really messing with people. It always has. You'll see it from the very beginning. And you've got to be careful to stay with God's word. Yes, Amen. But the idea, people come around, and I've seen it happen. You know, it comes in cycles. All right. I don't know. I think this latest cycle of all the times that people say, you know, the last cycle was, um, uh, uh, what was it, that Dan Brown book the, the, uh, uh, that brought back all the things about... Uh, I can't remember the name of it. It was a book that was turned into a movie. And everybody's like, ah, there's these old books that are saying stuff and it's a conspiracy. Nobody wants to talk about it. We've been talking about it forever. Old books that have been proven to have really crazy things. If you pull stuff out of it, make a movie out of it, um, you know, uh, people will uh, see that and say, wow, but you start reading the chapter it came from. You're like, oh, that's not a Bible. That's not right. That's kind of weird. So there's a lot of old lies, and, and this latest, I think TikTok has come around and put out a lot of, a lot of people who are would-be scholars. Oh, there's books that everybody's, they're hidden. They're not, they're not hidden. We knew about them forever. Right. It's just if you have some time to sit down and open it up and look at it, you say, oh, wait a minute, that's big contradictions. Yeah. Yeah. That's things I definitely don't think happened. Right. Amen. Yes, so Paul is warning them. There's, there is, uh, you know, letters going around that... That they're saying I wrote it, I didn't write it. Yeah. And he's saying that they're, they're saying that Jesus already returned. You ought to be pretty scared. You missed it. Yeah. <laughs> and Paul, Paul's signature is on it. So, uh, you know, he said, hey, be careful. Be careful. Don't just believe everything comes down the pike that, that uh, try the spirits, the Bible says. Right. That's yeah. right. Amen. That's Check things out. Make sure it lines up. Yeah. And he says that day's not going to come. He starts talking about the Antichrist. He talks about how uh, this all kind of transpires and, and it goes on throughout this chapter. But the one thing I want to focus in on here is he said that day's not going to come until there be a falling away first. And uh, something we're not excited about. We want to see, you know, we get excited about people loving God, living for God and and, and we've seen over the years a lot of, well, spent a lot of time helping people just overcome. Helping people get through battles, get through hard times. If you live for God for very long and you go to church and put your heart into it, you're going to see exciting things, but you're also going to be disappointed. There's a lot of times you get excited about somebody starting off doing really good and like the seed that's planted and... Matthew 13, Jesus talks about some seed falls in the ground and it springs up just as good as any seed has ever sprung up. Seems like it's growing quicker than anything else. Wow, that's exciting. That's what you want to see when you plant seeds. But it doesn't get deep enough or they didn't get the thorns out and, and it doesn't, doesn't continue. We see not only a lot, but as, as, uh, in my position, you, you're kind of down in the trenches getting, getting, uh, getting dirty and getting help, helping people with the blood, sweat, and tears of trying to, to get through crises and get through battles and, and help them. And yeah. See, this, this salvation that God offers, it is awesome. Amen. Amen. It's a life that is, 
It's worth the battle. Amen. It's the best life I believe that you can ever have because there's something that God does on the inside. It's amazing. You know, Solomon talked about it. We're going to talk about Solomon in here a little bit. But Solomon really was given so much. If you read his life in the Bible and Ecclesiastes, he's talking about how, uh, you know, he had wealth. He had had uh, everything money could buy. And we see it today, people that have fame. And and then you find out uh, they take their own lives. It's, the answer's not there. And Solomon says, let me tell you, after I've suffered everything I did suffer, going through all the questions and all the problems that I went through, serve God. Like Brother Mike was saying, serve him from the, in the days of your youth. Get a hold of God as soon as you can. Amen. It is the best life, but it's not going to happen without a battle. There is an adversary. There is a battle going on. The, the Bible doesn't just point the finger at the devil, but there is a devil and he is going to fight you. There's a spiritual battle going on. Oh, don't, don't kid yourself. Don't act like it's, oh, well, I don't think I believe in all that. I'll tell you, you, you'll see it. You'll see how he'll just fill a life that's empty and gives room to the devil. There's, there's a lot of, a lot of horrible things going on in this world, but you know what? There's, there's your own responsibility too. your flesh. That's what the Bible calls it. Your decisions. Temptation tempts you, not just because the devil made you do it, but there is a, a will in us that we've got to have God's help to overcome. So, you know, your own will and your own temptations, you got to, you're going to struggle with that. You're also going to struggle with external forces. The Bible calls it the world, the culture, the system of this world, not the planet. That's not going to hurt you, but, but the, the culture is, is, uh, tries to pressure you. It's, there's going to be a battle. But I'll tell you, if you look in the Bible, these men and women in, in, uh, throughout the Word of God, they, they saw the value in serving God greater than, than the uh, problems that they had to face to get through the battles to have what they had. They saw the value of, of what God did, and they were willing to, to, to hold on until the end. But the Bible says there, there is a falling away. You can't take what God has done for you for granted. You can't just allow yourself to kind of cruise through this. You're going to have to to settle into this and, and take it seriously if you really want to make it all the way to the end. Amen. We talked about Solomon. The Bible says because of Solomon's prayer, God saw his prayer and asked him, what do you want me to do? That just impressed me so much. I want to bless you if and, and, and Solomon was getting ready to be the king. He said, I'd like to be wise. I need to know the difference between right and wrong. I want to lead people with wisdom. I, and the Lord said, you could have asked for wealth. You could have asked for a long life. You could have asked for victory over all your enemies. You answered wisdom. I'm, I'm going to give you all that. I'm going to give you all that you didn't ask for and give you wisdom. And God gave him great, great wisdom. But, you know. Solomon, with all that wisdom, he still slipped and fell away from God. Got his eyes on, on material things. Got his eyes on uh, 
so many other things that he should have been focused on. You know, the Bible talks about a man named Samson. What a, what a, what a story that, that we see about this man that God, God had his hand on this man's life and, and from, from birth. And I believe God's had his hand on your life too. I really believe God has a plan for you. God gave him just a very unique gift and, and there was a, a, a war going on. They were being oppressed. They were being occupied that area by the Philistines and God gave Samson. Samson was given a covenant, uh, a, uh, he, he made a, a covenant with God to dedicate himself to God from a very, from his youth and, and God gave him strength. God gave him supernatural strength to be a warrior, to be a soldier, and to overcome the Philistines so that Israel could be uh, have victory. But Samson got his eyes off God. In this, though he had a covenant, though he had strength, he still got his eyes off God. David. The Bible says David was a man after God's own heart. I feel like not only does that mean David pursued what God's heart was all about. But David not only pursued it, but when he found out that God loves something, David said, I love what you love. What's important to you, God, is important to me. And if you hate it, God, I'm going to get away from it. He was a man after God's own heart. David got distracted. David got his eyes off God. Got his and and followed the temptation of lust and and fell away from God. Thank God for restoration. Amen. Amen. But you know David's integrity did not make it acceptable for him to just be careless. Solomon's prayer. And the gift of his wisdom didn't make it acceptable for him to be careless. Amen. Samson's covenant and the gift of his strength didn't allow him to be careless. And they fell away. And I believe David was restored. I believe Solomon was restored. Samson, well, God knows. We'll see. But the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 2 verse 11... It says, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, fear, for we are not ignorant of his devices. we got to recognize that if we're going to make it, there's been a lot of people that have done well, but then a lot more, a lot more that have allowed themselves to be distracted and fell away. And I know there's nobody, you ask them, it's kind of like... Going to prison and talking to people and saying, so what happened? I'm, I didn't do it. Not a lot of guilty people in prison. They all have been set up. They all have been, you, know, you don't understand what I've been through. I get that. I get that. And it's that way so often with those that fall away. Well, you don't really understand. No, I, I think I do more than you recognize. I know the battle. But God is able to take you through if you'll follow him, if you'll, if you'll do what it takes, really, you can't be careless. You can't just take it for granted. You're going to have to, to recognize that there is a danger. There is a danger that you can get distracted and fall away. 
as I was, if I can't just overlook the fact that as this was kind of just laid on my heart and, and we could use many other examples, but to me, these three examples are very, very strong to me because you see the, the specific things that God worked and God gave and God moved through their prayer, through their covenant, uh, through their dedication to his heart. But yet it, it, it so often really is, uh, temptation from the opposite sex. Hello? I mean, come on, this, this culture, tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> that it's just, just, just the, the temptation of lust. Uh, I, I talked to a man, he's a preacher now, but he, he came from a, a background in, um, public relations, advertisement, things like that. He said, every, every square inch of posters, billboards, commercials, and things like that are looked over by a team of like 20 people. And they all just looking into how to capture your attention. And I'll tell you, lust is at the top of the list of how to pull somebody in and get them just, just captivated. That's not my message today, but we can't ignore the fact that we're living in a day where scandals are too, um, too there's too much of it in churches. Right. Right. Amen. Yes, Got to be careful. Right. Well, praise the Lord. Amen. Help us, Lord. I'm going to just obey God. Listen to me just for a little bit. I've got more in my notes here, but we have got to let the Holy Ghost lead us. If you've got God in you and you're praying, God will tell you, uh-uh, uh-uh. Right. Hello? Yeah. God will stop you and say, hey, wait a minute, you're crossing some lines. That, that, that's a little, a little too much. Oh, I'm strong enough. Are you stronger than Samson? Are you smarter than Solomon? Are you better than David? Come on. There's no excuses, but I'll tell you, the Spirit of God will tell you, praise God, if not a good friend, the Spirit of God will be the best friend you have to tell you. Hey, you know what? That's probably a little too revealing. Sure. You know when things are sticking out that shouldn't be sticking out. Right. Whether it's revealed or just real tight. Holy Ghost will help you with that. You say, oh, I don't know about that. He's a holy God. He's a holy God. If you, He said, I'm holy, be ye holy. Amen. There's a difference. Praise God. Just looking good for church and trying to look good. Don't be deceived. God's not mocked. The Holy Ghost will help you. Right. Say, you know what? You can, you can look good without putting yourself out there. Right. You ought to have enough of God that will just say, back that up. Right. Go buy something to fit you better. Right. Right. Amen. Help us, Lord. Let Satan get an advantage of us because this is a supercharged generation that we live in. I don't care how old you are. I don't care if your name's Methuselah. Right. <laughs> well, careful. Oh, yeah. right. Amen. Don't kid yourself. If David couldn't, couldn't be safe, you're not stronger than Samson. You're not wiser than Solomon. You're not better than David. Right. Praise the Lord. Don't be careless. Amen. Number one, let me tell you, if you're going to make it, you've you got to get in this. There's a lot of people that that seed is sowed into your life. That word is preached into your heart. You hear it. It goes into your heart. You can't start this out and say, you know what, God, I want to be saved. I want you. I want to be a part of this great church family. I want to, I want to walk with you and I'm giving you a good 65, 70% of my life. There's some things I really don't think I want you to mess around with. No, wait a minute. He's God. Now listen, this is a, this is a, 
process. And I believe God will, will help you and teach you and, and guide you and his, his word, his spirit, uh, the preaching, the examples that are at God's going to help you. Yeah. Amen. But you have to be able to say, okay, God, I'm letting you be my Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm going to tell you one of the biggest, God help me. I'm not trying to be just too harsh, but listen, the biggest, one of the biggest lies you'll hear people say is, oh, he's my personal Lord. You know what Lord means? Lord doesn't, you don't get to make that definition mean what you want it to mean. It'd be smart for him to be your Lord because he is God and he knows he's going to help you, bless you. He knows what's best. He sees the problem before it ever gets to you. But don't kid yourself if he's not Lord in your life. Don't call him that. He said, you call me Lord, Lord, you don't do the things I say. Hmm. Somebody doesn't know the definition or they're lying. Don't don't call him Lord and not. He said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. See, those two basic tenets really fly in the face of modern-day so-called religions, uh, churches, and so-called Christians, followers of Jesus. Oh, he's my personal Lord, and I love him. Oh, how I love Jesus. I love that song. If you love him, you'll keep his commandments. That's right. yes, oh, obedience, what an ugly, dirty word. Obey, a four-letter word. <laughs> I don't use that. I love him. If He said, if you love me, you'll obey me. If you call me Lord, you're going to do the things I say. But listen, it's not bad. The devil's been bad to you. God's telling you to do what's good for you. It's like a child saying, oh, you hate me. You're making me brush my teeth. You're making me eat vegetables. You're making me go to bed early. You're making me go to school and try to learn you hate me. No, God, God loves you. He's trying to help you see. Help us, Lord. I'm. So many times people say, oh, that's hard for me. It's so hard for me. People, you know, my parents made me go to church when I was young. They loved you. Right. Might not have been the best church, but they were trying to do the best they could. Right. Say, well, I can't. I can't anymore. I hear grown men and women say, I can't anymore. It's a struggle for me because I was made to. Were you made to take a bath? Right. Are you struggling that much with personal hygiene? <laughs> <laughs> Because I'm worried. (laughs) You know, that's the job of of parents to try to help you do what's best for you. I'm going to hold something. That sounds so childish to me. I just, oh, they made me. They forced me. Well, that's, you know, you got, there's sometimes, you know, foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. You're not born with a whole lot of wisdom on how to take good care of yourself. They forced me not to play in traffic. Now I just have to. <laughs> You're 40 years old, Joe. <laughs> All right. When you have a perspective, a real perspective, it's not a game. It's not religious. Just lie. But you, you understand there's a God that made you, loves you, right. and will judge you. Right. That's right. And he wants you to hear, well done. That's He's setting you up for success. He really wants you to go to heaven. It makes sense to say, God, you, you lead the way in every part of my life. 
I want you to, I don't want to say, no, no, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to harden my heart. I want God. It's to have a perspective of God being God in your life. You're going to give him your all. That just makes sense. It does not make a bit of sense to say, God, I believe in God. I believe he's over everything in this world. And in the end, he's going to make a decision over my life. And he wants me to be saved. God, I don't really want to hear about it right now. That's, this is important to me doesn't make any sense if you have a perspective of god being god in your life you're going to give him your all you're going to give him every part of your life there's nothing that you're going to say god i you know this has nothing to do with you stay out of this because he's god and when you recognize he's not some mean preacher he's not some abusive parent he's god that cares about you loves you came to die to bear the guilt of your and shame of your sin on the cross and you recognize that you can trust him. You don't have to be afraid. Number one, like I said, you're not stronger than Samson. You're not better than David. You're not wiser than Solomon. Don't be careless. Give him all of you, number one. Number two, Ephesians 4, verse 27, a very short verse, but very, very smart. Of course, it's from the word of God. Ephesians 4 Verse 27 says, neither give place to the devil. Number one, if you really don't want to be part of the, the sad, just group of those that have fallen away, number one, you got, you got to give them your all. Number two, you can't play games with sin. This idea that you're strong enough to handle it. Why, why do you think I'm not strong enough? Because Samson wasn't. Why do you think I'm not smart enough to handle this? Because Solomon wasn't. Why don't you trust me that I'm good enough to overcome? Because David wasn't. Don't give place to the devil. Don't play with fire. Well, God loves me so much. God's going to love you enough. To get you away from the danger, to be wise, to avoid one of the smartest things that you can do as a child of God. There's a lot of teaching about fighting battles and overcoming adversity. Awesome, awesome teaching. One of the first things I would tell anybody is avoid problems before you get in the middle of them. So many people are messing up. I just couldn't help myself because I was just, it was all... All I could do, it just kind of washed over me like a wave and there's nothing. I didn't have a choice. You had a choice last week (laughs) that you slipped a little closer. You played a little game. You tasted a little bit. Oh, help us, Lord. You you know, sin is like it's it's like uh, you get a sweet tooth for it. You know, you taste a little bit of it and and then it's harder to not take another bite. Amen. You got to you got to make up your mind way way back. Say, you know what? I don't want to end up there, so I'm not going to take the first step in that direction. And that's where people really mess up because, oh, preacher, you know what right do you have to not tell me to take that little step? There's nothing. You're heading in a bad direction. And you say, well, you don't have any Bible for it. I can tell you about a man named Lot that pitched his tent towards Sodom. And he could say all day long, I'm not a sodomite. I'm not living in Sodom. I'm not part of that crowd. 
But he just worked his way closer and closer till he ended up right in the middle of it. That's the way sin works. That's what God's trying to tell us. If you really want to make it across the finish line and hear well done, you don't play with fire. Amen. You got to be careful. This kind of things you're, you're putting into your heart. You're feeding into your mind. I, I know. I'm not telling you that a lot of these people, they're singing things that are blasphemous. I'm not saying they don't have a catchy beat and they don't have a sound that pulls you in. That's why they're millionaires. That's but when it's feeding anger, feeding lust, feeding rebellion, right. you'd be wise to say, I don't need that. Right. I, I, want, I want to choose something better. Right. I'm not saying that they're, the, the comedians aren't, aren't funny. I'm not saying the actors aren't talented and the stories just pull you in. But if it's something that is not just not glorifying God, but something that's totally anti-God. The more you recognize, the more you start getting closer to God, the more you'll see, wow. They're they're using God's word. They're using God's name. They're they're coming against so many things that that, uh, tearing down what God's trying to build up. I know I've heard people already talk about it. I've uh, shared this with my wife and I just early on in our ministry where we're invited over to a house and and this person was very very as far as politically and kind of just uh values very conservative but i don't even know how it came up but they just were like you know we we uh definitely just think the the movies and the television don't ever ever think you're going to ever get that out of our lives that's just a great big part of our life i'm thinking you know, how sad is that, really? Just, you know, there's a big world out there to be living lives, not just watching somebody do something. But I understand the value of entertainment. Don't get me wrong. But but I asked them, I said, you know, all those values that you have, do, do those producers, directors, actors, do they share your values? Do they have a biblical worldview? Do they honor God and God's word? Oh, no. You think maybe they're promoting things that are ungodly? You think a lot of things you don't want your children to be a part of, the agendas that you see, do you think maybe that they are maybe slipping a little bit of that into what they're producing and directing and writing? Of course they are. Of course they are. And like I've told you so many times that I don't know what the latest statistic is, but to just have a very short 30-second advertisement during a Super Bowl when you think everybody's watching, they're willing to pay millions of dollars just for 30 seconds. Why? That doesn't influence anybody. Why does it cost millions of dollars to have that spot? Because they know it's going to influence people. Well, praise the Lord. Hey, we go on and on with that. I'm telling you, if, uh, if everybody before, I forget what year it was, ancient of days in the 1980s, they were willing to pay 9.99 for a pair of sunglasses, and then one day Tom Cruise shows up with a pair of Ray-Bans in a movie, and now everybody's spending $100, $120, and and more for sunglasses because Tom Cruise is wearing them and he looked pretty cool. Don't think they don't slip in some things that are, Amen. 
What, what is a man? What is a woman? How are they supposed to look? How are they supposed to act? What's their identity? Oh, they don't put any of that in things today, do they? <laughs> Help us, Lord. Right. Don't play with fire. Yes. Don't dance around the perimeter. Stay, right. get, right. get close to God. Yes, Number three, 1 Corinthians 8, verse 2. Just a few more minutes. I'm just meddling, I know. But I want to help. I want to see you get across the finish line. I've seen too many people start off so well, but play, not, not get 100%, just, just, just love God with all their heart. You're going to have battles. You're going to have troubles. But give, put God first. This is reasonable. If you, if you believe God is really God in your life, it's 1 Corinthians 8, verse 2. And if any man think that he knoweth anything... He knows nothing yet as he ought to know. What's that saying? What are you trying to say? I don't know it. Like it's saying you, you got a lot to learn. If you can have an attitude that you keep learning, keep digging, don't, don't ever get satisfied and say, I know enough. I have enough. Keep on, keep on digging in. Sometimes hear me. I want to be very blunt with you. Sometimes. Just the consistency of prayer, the consistency of getting to church, the consistency of reading your Bible. Yeah. It's, it's good. It's right. But it's not always easy. Right. Amen. Amen. I know you don't want to admit it, but prayer's not always easy for you. Right. Sometimes you're getting so distracted and wonder what's the point anyway. And, 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 and sometimes reading the Bible gets difficult. But you know, put your heart into it. Don't just go through the motions. Put your heart into it. Do the best you can and ask God to help you. Yes. Keep on digging. Keep on learning. Don't, don't, uh, don't get to a place where you feel like you've, you've kind of attained a level that's, that's comfortable for you. Keep on digging in. Amen. Keep on saying, God, I want more of you. Yes. Praise God. Yes. Because you're going to find out there is more of him. It's yes. just going to get, keep getting better and better and better. Yes. Number four. I've only got five. I know some of you thinking, man, he's got 40. <laughs> Seems like it. Number four, get help. All right. God's put people in your life. He will put people. He takes the solitary, the Bible says, puts them in families. Right. The Bible talks about in the book of Acts, the New Testament church is born in a place where they're together in one accord. And when they have problems, the Bible says they go back to their own company. They know where to go to get support, to get strengthened, to get sharpened. Sometimes you're going to have questions. Ask those questions. Sometimes you're going to struggle. Don't be embarrassed. Get some help and let somebody pray with you and encourage you. Sometimes. Our own thoughts can be our worst enemies and we can be overwhelmed by the, the battle that's in our minds. Praise the Lord. You can pray and you can seek God and God can give you victory. But sometimes it can be a little much and you need some help. Get some help. Allow yourself to recognize you don't have to be strong on your own. You're not a one man army. You're not the church. We are the church. You're not to do this all on your own by yourself and make it. You don't need to. I remember trying to use an example. Isn't everybody's not just going to think this is the 
best thing for them. But I told him, it's, you know, not getting help when you struggle. I talked to a, a, a woman one time years ago that had young children and she was, she was homeschooling those children. And I said, can you imagine living next to a library? This was pre, you know, let, you know, explain to the kids what a library is. <laughs> You know, before you could just pick up your phone and look up everything that you need to. Listen, you know, can you imagine living next to a library and saying, I don't need their help. I can do this on my own. Why? Why would you hinder yourself? Why would you? Why would you do that to yourself? All the help is there. Not everybody is farther ahead than you, but there are people that maybe have experienced some things or they're stronger and certain they've already fought some battles. In those areas, and they can be a blessing to you and a help to you. Don't be embarrassed to get that help. Don't be embarrassed to have real questions. We, uh, I know sometimes we're around it for so long, and we're I just, I ought to know that. Yeah, but you know, there's no, there's no extra credit points for acting like you know something you don't know. Right, right. It's uh, you can get help. Yeah. Amen. Prayer, encouragement, we all need that. We all need that. I, I, I'm not telling you something I don't believe in for myself. That there's not times where I'm, I'm reaching out for help, reaching out for prayer, reaching out for encouragement. Can I tell you this? There's sometimes in my life I think I got it going on pretty good and I'm doing all right, but I'm in the middle of something that's tough and I'll just let some people know, some key people know. You know what? Uh, just, just go ahead and put some extra prayers in there. I feel like I'm getting through this all right, but I know this is a storm and God's been good to me. But, you know, I, I just wanted you to know I'm not uh, I'm not too big to go ahead and get somebody to be praying for me or or give me a word from God or some kind of encouragement. Oh, no. Hallelujah. I, I'm, I know that I don't want to think myself more strong than I am. And one more. First Corinthians 15. You're not stronger than Samson. You're not smarter than Solomon. You're not better than David. They had a covenant, a prayer, a heart of integrity. But they just couldn't uh, be careless, neither can you. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58 says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast and unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. The safest position to be in the kingdom of God is, is on the offense. They say a good offense is your best defense. I've seen too many people struggle trying to play the defensive Saying, I don't want to backslide, I don't want to backslide, I don't want to fall away, I don't want to fall to temptation, I don't want to. And why don't you get your mind and your heart and your vision on doing more for God? Working, building, fighting for the kingdom of God. Those are the people that always abound in the work of the Lord. Those are the people that are the safest, the ones that just keep on pressing on and, and trying to do as much as they can for God. Amen. Now, listen to me. I, I want to say this very clearly. You know, we got some folks now, uh, Brother Chris and Sister Naomi. I want to 
call you out. <laughs> they're, uh, they're doing a work at the nursing home. And, and, and there's other people doing great works, but listen to me. Uh, you know, that's not for everybody. Right. They love it. Nobody said, hey, you got to do that. <laughs> they can't wait to get out there. That's right. Amen. And they do very well at it. Yes, and we heard people always say, I'm not going to do that every week. God's not probably going to ask you to do something you don't really want to do all the time. What you're going to find out is when you start saying, God, I want to, I want to help. I want to be a part of the, uh, uh, of who blesses and, and strengthens. I want to, I, I've received so much from you. I want to do more. What God's going to do is open doors that just fulfill you, <laughs> that take your strengths. And when God uses you, gets you, can I say busy for his kingdom? It's something that you want. Oh, I wish I, like brothers, I wish I would have gotten this sooner. It's something that you, you feel useful and you feel like you're being a help and a blessing. And there's nothing like that. It's not that you can't look and say, well, I don't, I'm I don't want to do that all the time. God's probably not going to do that to you. But if, when he does open that door, it's going to be something that he can use you. And you, oh, thank you, Lord. It's like, you just feel like you're. You're right there where you always belonged. That's what God does. That's what God does. See, we talked about this recently, and and I'm I'm not going to go very much longer, I promise. But but uh, you know, when you find out what your gift is, and just just be useful, and and whatever your hand finds, to do that with all your might. Whatever God opens that door, and when you start doing, God's going to start letting things kind of come together in a way. You say, "Wow!" And you know what? You're going to be a lot better at what God wants you to do than, than I would be. I would be trying to do what you do. Amen. Amen. What really gets people messed up is they try to do something. They see somebody they admire. It might be a preacher. It might be a singer. It might be somebody doing something else. They say, oh, I want to do that. And maybe God has something else for you. Right. That's so much better. And, and, and uh, rather than trying to be somebody else, God's going to make you do something that you're awesome at, and he's going to put that in you, that awesomeness. So do that. Amen. Not everybody is a hand or a foot. Not everybody's going to go out into the community, the GVI, or into the nursing homes, or, or, or not everybody needs to clean a church or whatever you might do. But God bless you for what you do. Yeah. Amen. And, and when you, but, but you have to, I'll tell you what's going to happen. When you get in a mind to say, you know, I don't just want to be a, a taker, I want to be a giver. I want to build. I want, I want to fight for something. I want to strengthen. I want to, I want to be out there being a part of, uh, of the solution. Too many people in the defense, all they're doing is trying not to mess up too bad. And they up being more than a problem than anything and a burden. Why don't you look at saying, how can I be useful for I'll tell you, that's how you do good in God. The Bible says in this last day, there'll be a great falling away. But if we just, Follow some of these very simple ideas of what it means to not be careless. It's, you're going to make it. You're going to make it all the way to the finish line. You're going to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Let's bow our heads in prayer. You can make it. It's not, you're not too weak. God, God's going to give you the strength you need. But you have to make up your mind you're not going to be careless and play games with with your soul. 
I've heard too many people, well, I tried that. I, I tried that. Did you really try that? Did you, or did you kind of play around with it? Oh, I said a little prayer. I came to church for a while. Is that really what, is that really trying it? Is that tasting and seeing? Or is, is there more to it than that? Can I tell you, when you surrender your life to God, yield to Him. Let Him be God, be Lord in your life. He'll do something inside of you that's just so amazing. He's put peace in you, a joy. I'm convinced there's a lot of people, they, they don't even really know what joy is. They know what it's like to be excited about things happening, that good things happen. But to have something that abides with you through the trials, through the trouble. To have something that you don't lose it. Listen to me. I'm not saying you don't have tough times. I I know you do. I'm not saying you don't have bad days. I, I know it happens. But listen, this salvation doesn't just come and go every time something doesn't go your way. I think we had some testimonies tonight of hypocrisy. So I'm excited. I'm at the top of the mountain. Something doesn't go right. And all of a sudden we're cussing like a sailor trying to act like the devil. That's not salvation. God will give you something that on your tough days, He'll help you through it. He'll give you something. To be strong. Because I've seen just too many friends fall away. I've seen too many people just get something bad in their spirit and give up. You don't have to. But I want to tell you, before you ever get there, you're not stronger than Samson. You're not smarter than Solomon. You're not better than David. You can't be careless. You're going to have to be living this, leaning on God, following Him step by step. Come on, let's find a place to pray. Let's talk to God.
eternal life. in your heart. It's not always everything's easy, but there's a joy and a peace in your life that'll go with you all the way. Hallelujah. Let's all stand. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for your help today. Help us, Lord, not to be careless with our soul because our soul is so valuable, God. Help us, Lord, day by day, draw near to you. Lead us and guide us in your will. Lord, bless each one, I pray. Keep us safe as we travel. And, Lord, work through this, your people, Lord, this week. God, shine your light. Help us to just, Lord, to show forth your goodness. Lord, bless your people, we pray, God, now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen. God bless you, church.